Praise the name of the Lord. We give God thanks one more time for another opportunity for us to be back online here at Faith Deliverance International Ministries for our Bible class. Giving God thanks for the gift of life, for health, for strength, for his mercies. Uh, it is not because of our own ability, but is totally God's mercies towards us. As we look across the world and recognize what's happening uh, here in the, the difficulties of this pandemic. And if it was not that alone, other countries, different places are experiencing um, disasters, famine, pestilence, and all different sorts of things. And we're still here in the land of the living. It doesn't matter how difficult it becomes. We are grateful to the Lord for his goodness. And what's happening in other countries can happen here. We are no better than anybody else. But it is the mercies of the Lord God while we are still here. And as we're going to begin tonight, we're just going to bow our heads in prayer and ask the Lord for his leading tonight. Ask him to strengthen each and every one of us to touch our minds, help us to uh, uh, for, for our minds to be prepared uh, to hear the word of the Lord Jesus, to discuss it and to allow the word to fall on good ground. Let us all pray together at this time. Father God, we thank you one more time for your, the, the blessing that you have poured out upon us, Lord Jesus. As we come before you tonight, Lord Jesus, we come not in our own strength. Lord, I come Lord Jesus, depending totally on you, Lord, we can do nothing of ourselves. The teacher can't teach by himself. We can't comprehend the wisdom of your word by ourselves. We need you in every area, Lord Jesus. And so we ask you, God, touch us one more time. Speak through us one more time. Prepare our hearts, Lord Jesus, Lord God Almighty, that we will hear from you. Oh, God Almighty, even as the word goes forth, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I pray each and every one of us will be touched, be impacted in some way or the other, God Almighty, that we leave here challenged, Lord Jesus. I pray, God Almighty, for our visiting friends that are here with us tonight. I pray, like as you touch them in a special way, Lord Jesus. Oh, God Almighty, strengthen us, God. Lord, there's hope in you. And we, 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 we place our trust and our faith in you, God, knowing, Lord Jesus, that you will make the difference. We thank you, Lord Jesus, and we bless your holy name one more time. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. We give God thanks one more time. Uh, a special welcome. I think I forgot to welcome our visitors tonight. Uh, we want to welcome you in a very special way and we are praying that the Lord will touch you tonight and that tonight's um, lesson will be a blessing to your heart. As we have been looking on the first epistle of John, uh, chapter 2, we've been going through various, uh, several passages or select verses from 1st John chapter 2 looking on the proof that one really knows God how do we know that we know him how do we know that we know him and two weeks ago we had stated that there John writes to us giving us seven tests and we have looked on Test number one, second, first John two, verse three to six. And it was keeping God's commandments. We know that we know him when we keep his commandments. And test number two, which was first John two, verse seven to 11, which we discussed last week was loving one's neighbor by loving one's neighbor. We talk about 
the new commandment lived out in Christ Jesus. And that's what he expects of us. Not only to love our friends, our brothers, but to love our enemies. And <clears throat> tonight we're going to look for a very short while on 1 John chapter 2. Reading from verse 12 to 14, and I'll be reading from the King James Version. First John chapter 2, verse 12 to 14. And this John writes, <coughs> excuse me. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake little children I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake verse 13 I write unto you fathers because he have known him that is from the beginning I write unto you young men because he have overcome the wicked one I write unto you, little children, because he have known the Father. Verse 14 reads, I have written unto you, fathers, because he have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because he are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and he have overcome the wicked one. Tonight we'll be looking on knowing God by remembering our spiritual growth. That's the next challenge for us. The next test. Remembering your spiritual growth. John writes to us and he addresses, he speaks about three groups of people, little children, fathers, and young men. And he writes about them twice. In 1 John chapter 2, 12 to 13, John uses what we call the present tense, I write unto you. In verse 14, however, he changes and he says, I have written unto you, fathers, young men, and I have written unto you, fathers and young men. In verse 14. Two questions we have to ask. Who are these people that John is speaking about or writing to? And why the change of tense between verse 12 and 13 and 14? We quickly understand that John is addressing groups of people within the church. Speaks about children, young men, and fathers. We know. The church is made up of both male, female, people of different age groups. But we notice that John is not talking about persons as it relates to the gender. What John is talking about or writing about is about stages 
as it concerns our spiritual growth in the Lord. So John classifies it, children, fathers, and young men. Question about why would John change from writing to written? Verse 14, John is placing emphasis that spiritual growth is a must in the life of the believer. One cannot know God and be and remain dormant or stuck. In a stage, believers must grow. John wants us to find out, brothers and sisters, how do we know God as it relates to our spiritual growth do you remember your spiritual growth can we identify that we are developing that we are growing in Christ do you remember who you were when you started out and who you are now Do you remember how God has grown and matured and developed you in Christ Jesus? We all have a, a, a knowledge or a memory of when we were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Ghost. And as time progressed, whether it's a few months, years, or decades, when we look back, we should see a pattern of growth, development in our spiritual walk with the Lord. If we know God, we are growing. If we are trapped in a stage for so many years, it means that we are not growing. And if we are not growing. We don't know him. Once a person. Is buried in Christ. Sins are nailed. The old life is nailed with Christ. On the cross. He's a new creature. All things, the scripture said, have, are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Conversion is taking place. The renewing of the mind is taking place. Based on the word of God. Growth is taking place. And if, if a person is not growing then there is a problem. One cannot truly say that they know God. Any man who knows God must grow. They will not remain a babe forever. So John says, I write unto you first, little children, people who, young ones who have, it doesn't matter what age, but persons who have just turned from the life of sin, just received the revelation of Jesus Christ and have surrendered their lives to the Lord. Little children, John says, I write unto you. Why? Because
because their sins are forgiven. Their sins are forgiven. For his name's sake. Let's look very quickly on the from, from, from verse 12 and 13. Little children, fathers, and young men. John says, um, I write unto you. List the reason to the little children because your sins are forgiven. These are the newborn Christians. To, to the fathers, spiritually mature, because you have known God and have been faithful from the beginning. Young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. That's the reason for writing. Children, because their sins have been forgiven. Fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. Young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. And the young men is referring to mature believers. Fathers are spiritually mature believers. These are the ones who are pouring into those who are coming along. And so, in verse 14, however, he said, I've written unto you fathers because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because ye are strong and the word of God abideth in you and he have overcome the wicked one. So, to the children again, the little children among you because you have known the father. To the fathers, because you have known God and have been faithful. And young men, because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you and you have overcome the wicked one. As we look on the first stage, little children, young Newborn babes in the church, in, this king, in the kingdom of God. John says, the beautiful thing about your experience right now, I'm writing to you because your sins are forgiven. You're no longer guilty of sin. You're no longer under condemnation. No longer to be punished for your sins. Christ has paid a price for you. And you have placed your trust in Jesus Christ. But let's, let's take note, brothers and sisters. That John says, I want you to understand why your sins have been forgiven. Why your sins have been forgiven. He says. Your sins are forgiven. For his name's sake. Because of what Christ did on Calvary. Because of his only begotten son. That poured out his life. Even unto death. perfect one the one whom the voice sounded from heaven and said this is my well beloved son in whom I'm well pleased because of him namesake I have forgiven you of your sins so, so, so the newborn babes in the church must remember must pay 
close attention to what Christ did for us. We keep that in the forefront of our mind. What Christ did for us. Why? Because when we are newborn, the devil will challenge us to let us believe that our sins are not forgiven. The devil will take us on a guilt trip to make us believe that we are still who we are or who we were. But little children, newborn babes in the church must remember, look back on the sacrifice of Jesus our sins are not forgiven because of us. Because of his namesake. Christ paid it all. And we can have confidence. That he has forgiven our sins. Ephesians 1 and verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Ephesians 4 and verse 32. And be he kind one to another. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So, the responsibility of little children is to focus upon Christ. Keep your mind on Christ Jesus. Because that's the way we will grow. How do we focus on Christ Jesus? By reading the word. By reading the word. It's not good to say, I'm just praying. You have to read God's word. That's life. And this will help us to guard against the enticement of the world. Because when we're when we're a newborn babe. We're very close to where we're, where we're coming from. We're just developing. Very close to where we are coming from. And so every effort must be made to read God's word, to focus upon Jesus so that we may guard ourselves against the enticement of the world, the pleasures of the world. I can share my own example, my own personal testimony. I got saved in the, the last year of high school. I was about 16, 16 years old at that time. And I remember before I got saved, who I was in the world. as a young man you're developing started getting attracted to ladies and stuff like that and I had a difficulty how would I handle this while I'm still in well, well I'm trying to serve God because brothers and sisters we have to be practical when we are buried in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ filled with the Holy Ghost That part of me is natural. It's natural for me to be attracted to women. I'm a man. That's how the Lord made me. How am I going to handle this attraction? Because I know that I can't 
on my own ability keep myself I found a way the Lord helped me to find a way what I did at that time the Lord helped me to identify fathers and some of the mature Christians within the assembly I noticed these persons would spend much time in prayer and to help myself I stayed with them when church ended very strangely I believe this was the Lord's way of helping me because the Lord knows who we are he allowed me to stay with them in prayer even though I was a newborn babe couldn't pray for probably more than five minutes if so much and these people were praying for hours after church church sometimes end 3.30 in the afternoon and they would pray all the way back till 6 they wouldn't leave church they would pray until sometimes the evening service just a little fresh, uh, a little break, half an hour break before the evening service, sometimes if they got the break. Brothers and sisters, I'm giving you practical examples. I would lay down between the benches or at the altar if they were there, and I would lay down, and five minutes in, I would have said my prayers already. I'd have ended. The next hour and a half, two hours, what I did, I listened to them in prayer. I listened, I paid close attention to see, to, 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 to listen and to hear how they, they spoke to the Lord Jesus. And that helped me, that allowed me to develop myself. That was how the Lord helped me. So there are, there are practical ways in which we can find that the Lord will help us to stay away from the enticement of the word because conversion is taking place and we have to give the Lord the opportunity for his word to convert us praise the name of the Lord everyone fathers said I write unto you fathers because he have known him that is from the, the beginning in other words God is eternal. God is eternal. He's infinite. We're finite. There's so much about God to know. There's so much about him for us to explore. He said, fathers, you know, these are spiritual fathers as I said before he's not necessarily uh, speaking about a man here those who have known him that is from the beginning those who have a deep and rich knowledge of God knowledge through experience they have passed from the stage of children young men and now uh, they are fathers have been walking faithfully for many years with the Lord. Remember to the fathers, remember you have known him from the very beginning of your conversion. You have faithfully and diligently served him. How? By daily feeding upon the word of God. You started it out as a, as a young child. And you're in that stage. You moved on to become a young man. And now you're a father. You did this by feeding upon the word of God. You're setting aside times for prayer. You learn 
to fellowship and commune with God all day long. You have witnessed the saving power of Jesus Christ. It's an experience. You have served in the church, in the community, in the ministry. Your life now has become an example. It's a life of service and dedication to the Lord Jesus Christ. The fathers, those who have a deep knowledge of God, spiritually mature, we must never forget where we are coming from. The stages we should never forget. Have you ever been or heard individuals within the assembly sometimes to be so critical of younger ones. This happens, brothers and sisters, simply because we forget where we are coming from. We forget where we are coming from. I don't know about anybody else. But I know where I'm coming from. I know the mistakes I made when I was a newborn. But he forgave me for Christ's sake. My name, his name is upon me. He forgave me. If I kept on looking on those mistakes, I would have never grown. But I look away from my mistake and look upon Christ Jesus. Focus on him and believe in my heart that he forgave me. Fathers must remember how they gained such a, an experience, a deep knowledge of the Lord. How they read God's word. How God increased their knowledge, opened up their understanding, and recognized, fathers, that it's all about him. Nothing to do with us. One who is from the beginning in finite wisdom poured out just a small measure of his wisdom upon us. Because of that, the Lord has allowed us to reach this stage in our spiritual growth we must keep focus upon that and not become proud thinking that we have arrived. Look back. Look and see. Remember how you develop in the Lord. Remember the conversion process different stages that the Lord brought me through. Remember your experiences. Because this will help us, brothers and sisters, not to become proud. Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27. Therefore, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. 
It's like the life of a father. He hears the words of the Lord Jesus and he applies them to his life. He's like a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, beat upon the house, but it did not fall. For it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these saying of mine and doeth them not shall be like unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. Both the fools and the wise, they are building. But it's the foundation that is different. So the foolish man builds his house upon the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell. And great was the fall of it. Then said Jesus to those Jews, John 8, 31, 32, which believed on him. If he continue in my word, continue, brethren, continue. Then are he my disciples indeed. And he shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. If he continue. It's a powerful scripture. Continuing in the word is freeing you from enslavement. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Only if we continue. This is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. John 17 and verse 3. Let's, let's hear the testimony of a father. One who had reached the stage of a father in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Philippians 3, 7 to, to 10. But that what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. That I may know him. Paul says. I count. The things that were gained to me. Prized possessions. I, I, I'm in a relationship right now. And I had to look back on those things. And just count them. As dumb. Lost. That I may gain Christ. It was so important for me. Important to make sure I was growing in the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Because of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Those who are fathers can say, my Lord. Brothers and sisters, we, we will never grow if Jesus Christ is not Lord over our life. I don't care how long an individual is in church. As soon as Jesus is no longer Lord, in, in, in the simplest of terms, Jesus is placed a privileged position where he can dictate the order of our lives. If he can't, 
if we can't love him more than mother, father, sister, brother, the job, whatever we, 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 we want to, whatever else may be our distractions in this world. Jesus Christ is first priority. He is Lord. My Savior, my Lord. Young men, you have overcome the wicked one. Right unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. Young men are, they have moved on from little children, newborn babes. And they are developing, they are maturing. These are mature believers in the church. Brothers and sisters, there are no age limits on these stages of development. The more one surrender and apply the word of God to their life, more conversion takes place. If we don't read the word of God, Conversion will never take place. Because the word that will tell us what the mind of God is, it is the word that will make us clean. It is the word that will renew our minds, give us a new mind. When we were born into this world, we learn from our parents or those who were closest to us, especially in the developmental stages of life. So is it. We're born now into his kingdom. Born of the water and of the spirit. Our minds must be renewed. grace of God that has appeared must now teach us how to deny ungodliness. That don't come by going to take a nap and trying to dream something. You have a good dream and you believe the dream but you never read the word. The word of God is first and foremost. We will have to read the word, study it, and not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. I like what Brother Bevin Miller, I heard him once and he said, you must carry the word. I like that statement. That means your life now must becomes, become a, li a lifestyle which reflects the word. When someone see us coming, the demon saw Jesus and said, Thou art the Holy One. We know who you are. Jesus had to command him to shut up because he did not want to reveal who he was yet. When a believer who is carrying the word, whose life reflects the word, when he walks into darkness, demons know who he is. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to give you a very practical example, a testimony, a situation back home in Jamaica, a woman who was under a demonic attack. Her entire house. I won't tell you about everything, but I. Her daughter was about eight years of age, or nine, thereabout, was taken over by the spirit of divination. 
when folks would go to pray for her, you know, pastor asks us because he had to leave the island. He asked the prayer band to take over the case and to pray. That took us about some good two to three weeks or thereabout before deliverance came. But I remember one occasion, it was about midday, we were praying on the church ground. And she was there, she was acting out crazy. And when some of us who were in the prayer band, people who were fasting and praying for this family, deliverance to take place. When we went, approached the young girl, she would look on us. And she would say, she would back up herself and say, I don't like you. I don't want you around here. I don't like you. I don't like you. And she would start pointing out those who she didn't like. Spiritual people. I hate to say this, but I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be very clear. The devil knows who we are. I saw others who, who came along. Quite fascinated about what was happening. And as soon as they came, the lady would just, the young girl would just say, I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't want you here. You're too powerful. And she would just point on the next person and say, I don't know where you're going. I'm not afraid of you. I'm talking to talking about somebody who is in the church. And then she would start to speak about things in that individual life. We have to command her to be silent. The devil knows who we are. That's why we have to carry the word. Young Young men, mature believers must remember how far we have come. Come a long way. Fighting the battle. No longer children, little children. We have overcome the wicked one. He used to attack us. But now we have overcome the little one, the, the wicked one. us in various ways. How? The sins that we used to commit in the past, those were our greatest struggles when we turned our lives over, when the Lord Jesus saved us. Those were our greatest struggles. We have overcome those who walk faithful with the Lord for a long period of time have overcome the temptations of the wicked one. You look back and you remember. Oh man. I remember when the Lord saved me from a lying tongue. From gossiping lips. That's who I, I was. But the Lord has matured me. Didn't do it on your own. Not our own strength. It was never easy for us, brothers and sisters. Let go of self, that old self that fights for this body, the old self that's crucified with Christ, that's fighting to, to regain control of this body. 
the one who wants you to hate, the one who wants you to backbite, the one who wants you uh, to, to be attracted to the worldly pleasures. But Christ, the Word of God, in prayer, in devotion, putting on the armor, you fight against that wicked one and you have overcome. How do you overcome? By drawing near to God, praying and asking for wisdom. James tells us in James 1 and verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraid it not and it shall be given him. That's a, that's a gift. That any of us, any one of us, it's a promise. Any one of us ask the Lord for that. He will give it to us. Staying close to the Lord. Drawing near to him. That's how we overcome Satan. Second Peter 2 and verse 9 tells us the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Temptations around, draw near to God because he knows how to deliver us out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. We overcome by using God's word, meditating upon God's word. Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Luke 4 and verse 8. They overcome by learning and knowing that God allows temptation to teach endurance. James 1, 2-3, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. They overcome by not yielding their bodily members to sin. Romans 6 and verse 13. Paul writes to us, he said, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Overcome by clothing themselves with the armor of God. As a young man, you got to fight. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that he may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Ephesians 6 and verse 13. They overcome by being on guard and watching for the tempter's temptation. The devil is like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's just looking for an opening to swallow us up. But we keep on the guard. 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. They overcome by not giving in to anger nor giving place to the devil. Ephesians 4 26 to 27. Be he angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. A very beautiful verse from James 4 and verse 7. By submitting to God and resisting the devil. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and guarantee he will flee from you. Powerful thing when we submit ourselves to God. 
doesn't matter what kind of a, an attack the devil brings to us. And we are under authority. When we submit to the word of God. Resist the devil. He will flee from us. Proverbs 1 and verse 10. Overcome by not giving in to the enticement of sinners. We live in a very corrupt world. The devil will try to use close ones that are around you. That are not necessarily, that are not saved. Could be family members, friends. On the job. Proverbs 1 verse 10 says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Overcome by staying away from the path of the wicked. Proverbs 4 and 14. Enter not into the path of the wicked. And go not in the way of evil men. Don't join with the wicked. Don't walk in the path of the wicked. Don't follow what he, don't follow the way he conducts his life. There's no blessing in that. Praise the name of the Lord, everyone. quickly time is far spent but very quickly let's verse 14 I have written unto you fathers because ye have known him that is from the beginning I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and he have overcome the wicked one. Confirming our spiritual growth. We can look back and confirm that we are growing. Our relationship with God. This now has everything to do with looking back and seeing how we have grown over time. As we mentioned earlier, if no growth is taking place, This is a time for us to stop, brothers and sisters. Stop. Take note of what's happening in our life. Because either we are growing or we are not. Little fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. Written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and he have overcome the wicked one. Young men, John says the word of God is in you, is living in you. Because of that, you have overcome the wicked one. Those who are mature believers, young men, the word of God must become 
the singularity a particle experience reading meditating practicing living the word that's how you end up overcoming the wicked one i'm going to pause here for tonight time is far spent as we we look back little children newborn babes let's pay attention or focus upon christ jesus our sins have been forgiven for his name's sake it's a beautiful thing so we don't have to be a part of the guilt trip where satan wants to take our minds and bring us up along a path of guilt look back to the sacrifice of jesus little child john wants us to know that our sins are forgiven i don't care how horrible john is saying forgiveness of sins is has nothing to do with you because we couldn't please God for our sins to be forgiven. This is my well-beloved son. In whom, or my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. For his name's sake. Fathers, those who have a deep knowledge Look back, passing through the stages, little children, young men, or your fathers. Why? Because you have known him. It's from the beginning. Young men, you're fighting. overcome the wicked one the word of God abides in you overcome the wicked one what do we learn from this tonight brothers and sisters as we discuss these verses of scripture which stage are we at Am I growing? We all start out at, as little children. I'm 20 years in the church. I'm 15 years in the church. Am I still in that stage? Or have I moved on to young men? growing can I truly say that I am growing am I just attending church brothers and sisters when we look on these passage of scriptures and and scriptures to and passages to come in the, in the coming weeks this is very it's interesting but it's very sobering because if these passages of scripture that John has written proves to us that we don't know him, then we're in danger of his coming. Because if we don't know him, then of a truth, he can say that I don't know you. I really don't want to just be a church goer or just love the, uh, the socializing, having friends at church, or just because I was born, my parents were Christians, so I just make it a practice. I'm a Christian, but I don't know what 
Christianity is about. I don't live for Christ. I'm not devoted to him. He's not Lord over my life. He don't control every area of my life. I'm not fully surrendered to him. Do I know God? Am I growing? That's something for all of us to ask ourselves tonight. Am I growing in the Lord? to pray if you have any questions tonight I'm going to ask you write them down in the first portion of next next week's class God's willing we're going to take some questions but I want us to move right into prayer right now as we reflect on our own walk with the Lord can we confirm yes we have remembered can we truly confirm that we have grown? Or we are growing? Let's all 